Welcome to the Bethel Church Austin Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Pastor Joaquin Evans. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com. I don't feel like getting too serious tonight, so let's just, let's just not do that. Anyone okay if we just continue to have fun in the presence of God? Thank you, Jesus. God's been so good showing up wonderfully the last several, several, I mean, every week. He's been showing up wonderfully from the beginning. Uh, But he's been doing some great things in our house, specifically the last several weeks. Lots of healings have been breaking out. And uh, last week, uh, Bill was here, Papa Bill Johnson uh, from... uh, Senior leader of our movement from Redding, California, was here. How fun was that? Anyone enjoy enjoy that time? And um, and he released healing yet again. Went after it, and some radical things happened. And uh, a gentleman posted. I'm not sure how many you saw, but a gentleman posted. Uh, that was Saturday night here, last Saturday night. And uh, and then the next morning, he was sharing at his home church how God opened his deaf ears. The, the night before, so he took that back to his home church and got to release that testimony. Come on, thank you, Jesus. And uh, and uh, it was it was uh, a, their daughter goes to our attends church here, and uh, she invited her parents. It happened to be their anniversary that they came, and uh, he'd had severe hearing loss for years and years, and hadn't been able to upgrade his hearing aids to what he needed because of financial reasons, and so God just said, happy anniversary, and uh, just popped over in his ears, and come on, that's fun. Saturday night, um, another gentleman came up and and, uh, said, hey, a couple weeks ago, he said, words of knowledge were released a couple weeks ago, and a knee... Uh, that I've had uh, his left knee that he had problems with for years and years uh, got healed uh, in that word of knowledge time. And I'm like, thank you, Jesus. And, uh, and then he said, but I, came, I actually came up to tell you about my hand. I've, I have a metal plate in my hand. And tonight when Bill prayed, um, I can't feel the metal. I can't find the metal in my hand. It's, normally I can feel it. It's there. I can't find the metal anymore. What we give thanks for in the kingdom increases. So we'll try that one again. So this man came up to me. And and he had a metal plate in his hand. And Bill prayed for metal to dissolve. And he can't find the metal plate in his hand any longer. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And then... uh, and then I, uh, I called Carol, who's our, our testimony recorder, over. I said, oh, you got to tell Carol what, what happened. So, so I overhear, I now I turn and talking to someone else, and I overhear him talking to Carol and telling the story. He's like, yeah, my knee uh, two weeks ago got healed. Now I can't find the metal plate in this, in this hand. He's like, now I just need my other knee to get healed. And as he said that, a couple people bent down and prayed for him. While he was talking to Carol still, and his other knee got healed. And... Uh, and 
he's, several of our team members have been in contact with him through the week. He's still healed, completely healed. He got a visit from the God of the overhaul. <laughs> you know, he's the God of more than enough. <clears throat> if you need more than one breakthrough, he doesn't have to choose just one. It just, I just thought that was a good tidbit. Just put that out there. and <clears throat> You know, we're, we are having so much fun. And it's, it's the way it's supposed to be. When in his presence is fullness of joy. So when God is showing up and he's changing lives and he's restoring marriages and he's breaking off addiction and he's setting people free and he's healing bodies and metal is disappearing. I, I don't know about you, but to me, that's a lot of fun. Like, like this stuff never gets old. Ever. Like... Like, uh, thousands of times I know of people that have metal disappear from their body. But yet still, every time it happens, it's like, mind blown. How does that happen? I don't know. He's just so good. It happens anyway. Oh, I just, something I said a couple weeks ago just ran across my screen. So I'm going to grab that rabbit as it's running. A couple weeks ago in worship, God said to me, he said, if you've grown too big to be undone by God, you've grown in the wrong direction. <laughs> There's something about being able to keep a, just a childlikeness, a childlike faith and awe. Because the miraculous of God happens in the awe of God. <laughs> it doesn't happen in the waiting room. I hope, I hope God shows up today. No, it happens in the Holy of Holies. Oh, my goodness. God, you're so amazing. You're so incredible. I can't believe that you're here. You came again. You light my heart on fire all over. In that place is where the miraculous happens. Thank you, Jesus. None of that has anything to do with my message, but... I'm on a roll, so. <laughs> but in this environment where so much is happening, you know, we're, we're pushing into the kingdom. And we're asking God to come more and to do more and to bring more breakthrough and to bring more fruitfulness. Amen. We're, we're running hard after Jesus. Anyone here running hard after Jesus? And, and we're, and we're praying, and we're contending, and we're fasting, and we're believing, and we're worshiping, you know, and we're paying a price, and not just, you know, 20 minutes, we're like, we're going to keep worshiping, and keep on worshiping until we're sweating, until our smartwatches are going off saying you completed your workout for the day, like, like we're, we're pressing in, we're leaning in to the kingdom. But how many people know that the kingdom is all about balance? I got quiet. <laughs> the, the foundations of his throne are justice and righteousness. It's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Like everything God does, there's a union to it and a balance to it. And as we lean in, 
We also have to know how to be anchored in his goodness. Because we're not called to run short and burn out quick. We're called to, to keep running from glory to glory until we enter into glory. Just going higher and higher. So tonight I want to talk about the power of contentment. The power of contentment, because something beautiful happens when we learn how to be satisfied in the presence of God. When we learn how to be fed continually and to be satisfied and to be nourished and to be appreciative and to be thankful, not just for what God's going to do tomorrow, not just for the next breakthrough, not just for the next miracle, not just for the next restoration, but for what he's done already and for what he's doing right now. And there's power in our thankfulness. And there's power in our contentment. Now, I just want to, I want to, from the start, I just want to let us know that, that, being, that being content and being complacent are two completely different things. That contentment and complacent are not, this, are not the same thing. And kingdom contentment doesn't have complacency as part of it. And it doesn't have compromise as part of it. You know, in, in, in the natural understanding, we can, we can slide to the side of like, oh, I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm content. Meaning I'm just putting my feet up like, oh, whatever happens, I don't care anymore. No, that's complacency. And that's, that's a completely different thing, right? And in that place is where you start to slide into compromise. But listen, being fed continually, having our daily bread, in, our, in the daily bread is no compromise. <laughs> And having our souls, in having our souls satisfied, there's no complacency. You know, Bill's, Bill's been saying it for years. But in the kingdom, in the world, the more you eat, the fuller you become. In the kingdom, the more you eat, the more hungry you become. It's his kindness that leads us further into repentance or being reconciled. That, that it's, as we taste and see how good he is, we're drawn into more. Can I just get a hearty amen right there? Let's just have, a, have an amen break. Thank you, Jesus. There, there's power in contentment. And I feel like this is, this is important because we are called to run. This is a house that's called to run. And we're called to lean. And we're called to breakthrough. And we're called to kick down barriers and to tear down walls and to take risks and to jump out of the boat and to walk on water and, and to make bold declarations and do all the things <laughs> to see the kingdom come and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is not a sit-back, kickback house. But it is a house that knows how to be satisfied. In his presence right now. 
fully loved, fully embraced, fully embodied, (laughs) fully in awe, not because of what he's going to do tomorrow, but because of what he's doing right now, because of how good he is today. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. We're going we're gonna to jump into uh, Proverbs 13. We're going to read from there. And also John 15. Thank you, Jesus. I believe that it's our ability to find this daily satisfaction or this contentment in God that allows us to run even harder. That allows us to run even faster. It's the, it's the God fuel for our race car, if you will. It's what keeps us energized and recharged. Thank you, Jesus. In Proverbs 13, you have all probably heard this before, but it says this, hope deferred makes the heart sick. Sorry, Proverbs 13, verse 12. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. That's New King James. Or a desire realized, it's a tree of life, some translations say. Or instead of desire, some say a dream is realized. That when hope is deferred, the heart grows sick, or weak, but when a desire is realized or a dream fulfilled, it is a tree of life. Which one would we rather, which camp would we rather be in? We all want to be in the fulfilled tree of life place. Do you know that there is power in our thankfulness? Come on. Thank you, Jesus. You know, that, 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 that hope is the, the joyful anticipation of good. Somebody say joyful. joyful. Let's not forget that part. <laughs> say thank you, Jesus. <laughs> the joyful anticipation of good. Like, I know God is going to do good things. I know he's got good things stored up for me. I know he's got breakthrough. I know that when I step out, he's going to show up. I know that he's good, and I have a joyful anticipation in my spirit for what he's going to do. But guess what? Hope isn't always out there. That We're actually supposed to not just have hope that's distant. We're actually supposed to step into the things that we hope for. Do you know what recognition of, the, of the, the, the current fruit of hope is? It's thankfulness. Oh, I'm actually living in my hope moment. Okay, I'll try this side over here. <laughs> this, this, recognizing... The current fruit of our hope, the now moment of hope is thankfulness, that we get to live in it, that we're supposed to eat of it. How many people know that God doesn't offer us fruit to tease us? He offers us fruit to feed us. 
which means that we're actually supposed to partake of the things that we're dreaming. And there's power, thank you, babe, thank you. There's power, there's power in our thanksgiving. Oh, I feel like, I don't know why, I just feel like declarations tonight. Just say with me, there is power in my thanksgiving. And how many people know that we always, when we have, when we have our, our kingdom mindset on, we always have things to give God thanks for? Always. Always. It, it, it doesn't matter what hasn't happened yet. We all have our list of things that we still want to see God do. We always have our growing lists of, of faith and, and measure and what we want to see God do in our family, in our city, and in the miraculous, and you name it. But along with that, we all have things that God has done already. Huh. Huh. Wow. You know what? One of my favorite things to do in life is to get lost in the joy of my salvation. Some of you think I'm joking. No, I'm not. Like to literally get lost, to get overcome with the remembrance of what Jesus has done for me and all that that entails and all that that embodies and all that that brings. I don't know if it's sunk into you yet, but regardless of how bad your week is, you still get to go to heaven. <laughs> Like, if you have relationship with Jesus, it doesn't matter if you lost your job. It doesn't matter if your car broke down. It doesn't matter if your dog died. It doesn't matter if your kids don't talk to you. It doesn't matter because you still get to go to heaven. You know what that's called? That's called proper perspective. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. And everyone has breakthrough in an area that you want breakthrough in. Other people, put, uh, let me correct that. Other people have breakthrough in areas that you want breakthrough in. But guess what? You have breakthrough in areas that other people want breakthrough in. And it's a trap of the enemy to always be caught in the catch up with the Joneses. In the, the Christian version of like, oh man, if I only had that breakthrough and, and, and Susie prays for more people and they get healed than I do and, and we can go on and on of what we don't have. Yeah. Guess what? That's called hope deferred. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. But what if our thankfulness for what we do have can re replace our disappointment for what we don't have. Yes. Well, thank you, Jesus. Hmm. Hope deferred. Hope deferred makes the heart grow sick. Let's call this our hope. And we put our hope out here, and we all have hope for things and things that we desire and breakthroughs we want to see and increase for our family, you name it. And we put... We always have hope out there. And we're like, God, I want to get there. Help, help me get there. Hopefully I can get there. But you know that the word deferred there, hope deferred, in the Hebrew it literally means to drag along or to drag behind. 
So it's similar, it's the same context, it's, it's deferred, but listen, we're always thinking that we're not getting there because something there hasn't come into alignment yet. But guess what? It's actually telling us that something here needs to catch up to there. <laughs> that, with it, that we can bring alignment here that catches us up to our desire, to our hope, to the things that we're dreaming about. Thank you, Jesus. Do you know that, that a de this desire realized is a, is a tree of life? It's a source of life. It's where fruit comes from. But you know that to move into the tree of life, it doesn't have to be that desire. That if, if this desire being realized is a tree with lots of fruit on it, that, that we're always looking out here. And a lot of us have been in this cycle in life that we ask for something, and as soon as we get to it, we're pushing out hope for something else. And then we're pushing out hope for something else. But we never stop to take part of the fruit of the desire realized. But I got another key for you, that hope out there, that's, that's the next dream. That's the new dream. But guess what? We don't step into the desire to realize the tree of life just on future dreams. That always pushes it out there. Guess what? If we could step in by the fulfillment of past dreams. I want God to do that. But what if I start meditating on what he's already done? And I'm always like, oh, if I can get there, if I can get there, if I can get there, and oh, if, oh, oh, Susie's farther ahead than me, and Johnny's already there, and why am I not? And they're two years younger than me, and what if we stop that cycle and go, wow, God, look at all these things that you've already done for me, and look at that prayer that you've answered, and look at that breakthrough that you gave me, and look at that thing that happened, and remember that time, and it, you know what's happening? The moment that you step into that place, the desire realize you are entering the tree of life. You know what happens is that when you're in the tree of life, that you're, that you're in the, the, the trunk of this tree, but guess what? It's a big tree with big branches that extend out with fruit, and the branches extend all the way to here. <laughs> but I want to ask you something. If you're in the tree, are you not also in the fruit? <laughs> and we're trying to get here, get here, get here, get here on efforts. All we have to do is thank him here for what he's already done. And that place of fulfillment sucks us up like sap, like nutrients, all of a sudden plops us down in new levels of fruitfulness. We're like, whoa, how did I get here? If God is going to do Ephesians 3.20, 
Now to him who's able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond all we can ask, think, or imagine, according to his power that works in us. If God is going to do beyond what we've already asked, beyond what we've already thought, beyond what we've already imagined, if he's going to take everything we've thought, everything we have imagined, everything we've asked for or prayed for, if he's going to do more than that, then by its very nature, it has to be a surprise. Whoa. <laughs> Do you know that, that being in the place of thankfulness <laughs> fast-tracks you to fruit you didn't even realize was coming? Can I read some more of the word to you? John 15 I warned you we were going there. John 15. I'll start from the beginning of the chapter. I am the vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch of me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides. Somebody say abides. Abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. And verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides, say abides, abides in me, and I in him bears much fruit bears much fruit or bears many surprise breakthroughs in the kingdom. He who abides in me, do you know that that word uh, abides in the Greek is the word tabernacle. What did, what did my brother share at the beginning of work, worship? We just entered into Sukkot. Booths tabernacling with the Lord. Being set apart for intimate encounter. I'm just going to wait till it sinks in. <laughs> Tabernacling whoa, with the Lord in thanksgiving. Fast tracks us to the fruitfulness that we've been seeking. Thank you, Jesus. How many people know that your thankfulness list should be bigger than your needs list? Whoa! I just felt good to say it. <laughs> Look, Thankfulness is the ammunition for your prayer gun. Listen, listen, it's like everyone's like, yeah, well, but, but how many of us have a bigger current thankfulness list before God than we have a needs list? <laughs> it's, listen, it's not a formula. But, but what if your thanksgiving outweighed your needs list 10 to 1? What about when you came into the presence of God, your thankfulness outweighed your needs 100 to 1? 
<laughs> wow. Could we, is this possibly a key for tapping into the heart of God that then releases the breakthrough that we were trying to see out of our own effort in the first place? Thank you, Jesus. The Bible says it in some other ways. In his presence is fullness of joy. At his, listen, in his presence is fullness of joy. At his right hand, listen, who's the tree of life? The tree of life, it, it's in the garden. It's also in, in Ezekiel. These trees that show up next to the river that bear fruit in every season and the leaves are for the healing of the nations. And it shows up in Revelation, these trees next to the river. The first tree was next to the river. There was five rivers in the garden. Uh, rivers, rivers, the tree in Revelation next to the river. Bearing fruit 12 times in every season. The leaves are for the healing of the nations. <clears throat> the garden, the Old Testament, the time to come. What about in the now covenant? Where's the tree going to show up next to? The river. What did my brother say earlier? John 7, 38. All you who thirst, come to me and drink and you will have rivers of living water flowing out of your innermost being. <laughs> there, listen, there are trees of life getting ready to spring up out of your river. I'm trying. <laughs> there are trees of fruitfulness that God has ready to spring up. When Jesus says, Jesus doesn't stand up on that great day of the feast and cry out, all you who are thirsty, come to me and wait. <laughs> he says, come to me and drink. Now, now, what am I talking about? I'm not just talking about a crazy Pentecostal flop on the floor, like, <clears throat> which I don't have a problem with that. But, but I'm talking about being satisfied in your soul, in your spirit, with what God has already done for you. And who he already is. And the breakthroughs that he's already brought. And the victory that he's already won. And the goodness that he's already displayed. And the blood that he's already poured out. <laughs> that when we can daily come and drink of his goodness and be satisfied. <laughs> trees. begin to spring up in that place, bearing fruit in every season. 
Listen, if you can learn to do that, there is no season that can take you out. <laughs> I once had an intern say, no one can go thirsty next to a river. Thank you, Jesus. Contentment is, is an anchor that faith expands from. Listen, we're talking about balance because we're, we're called to run. And we're called to take risk. And we're called to jump high. And we're called to step out of the boat. And we're called to just, we're called to cross the chicken line. We're called to take risks. We're called to like dig a hole and hope that God fills. And we're called to just step out and say, God, I believe who you say you are. I'm taking a risk. I'm making a declaration. I'm praying a bold prayer. We're called to be a people that step out of the boat over and over and over again. Amen. And, but in order to be that person who can lean out over, we need to be anchored. And that anchor is contentment. Uh, have you ever run across someone who's, they have this hyper faith but no contentment? It's like repelling without a rope. <laughs> I just leave that there. <laughs> but if we're called to step off the out of the boat, off the cliff, so to speak, over and over, catch me, Jesus. <laughs> if we're called to go over the cliff, that our contentment in God, our satisfaction, him watering our soul every day, not just based on what's off the cliff, in the unknown, in tomorrow, in the great meal, in the right now. <clears throat> you know, the greater our thankfulness, the deeper the anchor can go. <laughs> and when we're anchored, we can go off the cliff over and over again. Guess what? Because we have, we, we're anchored. We're caught. We're taken care of. And we know that our anchor is in Jesus. Faith without an anchor is false, false hope and leads to a crash. You know, the, the woman at the well in John... Chapter 4, Jesus tells the Samaritan woman, if, he says, if you knew who I am, you would ask me for a drink, and I would give you living water, and you would never thirst again. But you know that, that Jesus, he doesn't just give us a cup of water, so that we come back to him asking for water. He, he gives us a cup of water so it leads us to the well. And that, that he wants us to know how to dip our bucket down in, into thankfulness and draw it up again. And draw it up again. And draw it up again. 
Do you know how many people have, you know, you, you got, you had this great, like, born-again moment, and everything was, like, crystal clear and wonderful, and the birds were singing your song, and, like, anyone can relate to that? <laughs> like, some of us can relate, and uh, it, how, how about this? When you first got born again, your joy and anticipation for what God was about to do was up here. <laughs> and have you also ever noticed that, that amazing things seem to happen for new believers, in the easiest way. You with me? Like new believers just seem to like attract like this increase and breakthrough in favor and, and these confirmations that God is good. And they don't even, they don't have to work really hard at it. They're like, you know, they're born again three weeks and they're like, I prayed last night for a new car and somebody gave me a new car today. They're like, this is so amazing. God's so good. And we're like, I've been praying for 30 years for a new car. <laughs> and you notice new believers, they're like so excited. They're like, I told my neighbor about Jesus, and they got saved. I told the lady in the supermarket about Jesus. She got saved. Like, everything just seems easy. These breakthroughs. But that season doesn't last forever. Why? Because Jesus isn't meaning to sit there with the sippy cup. He's drawing you to the well where you know how to dip deep and pull up refreshing, not just for yourself, but for others. In Romans chapter 5, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also, we have access by faith in this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Rejoice in hope. Someone say rejoice in hope. But listen to this. Not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Now, now hope does not disappoint, but the sentence doesn't end there. And some people want to blame God and, and, you know, cast rocks and like, oh, I hoped for this thing and it didn't happen. And they prayed for a car and they got it, but I prayed for a car and I didn't get it. I don't think God loves me as much as them. And the sentence doesn't end there. Now, hope doesn't disappoint because or when the love of God is being poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Wow. Jesus, thank you for what you've done for me. Thank you for saving me. I don't care that they got a new car and I didn't. I get to go to heaven when this is all over. I get to spend eternity with you. I get to be in the place with no tears and no sadness where eternal worship goes up before your throne. Jesus, I'm so in love and so in awe with you. That hope doesn't disappoint. And trials and tribulations and struggles just train us to strengthen our hope muscle. 
I, uh, I, I think I'll end with this story. And I, I told it, um, I don't know, not, not that long ago, six months ago. But it's one of my favorites. It's one of my favorite stories. I have, I have seen God do a lot of incredible things. I've seen people get out of wheelchairs and a bunch of deaf people all healed at once. And you know, I've seen God do a lot of really cool things. But yet and still, this is one of my favorite stories. Because it so speaks to the nature of God for me. And back when I was um, uh, in first year school of ministry, uh, back in Reading, uh, it was 2003, and I'm, I'm in the school of ministry. And uh, back then, I mean, today, I think they, they send out about 87, 89 uh, missions trips every year all over the planet. Well, every year that's not a pandemic year, maybe. But, uh, but like 80, 90 trips go all over the planet. But back when I was in school of ministry, there was one trip. It was like the school, like three quarters of the way through the year, they did a missions trip to Tijuana, Mexico. And it was, it was awesome. But if you didn't have money for Tijuana, then they did a field trip down to San Francisco, right? But everybody wanted to go to Tijuana. And... Um, and so, you know, you're praying, you're saving up this, all this thing. The only problem is that right before I started school of ministry, because I'd worked and I'd saved up this money, and I, I really wanted to go to Mozambique with Heidi Baker, and I also really wanted to go to uh, the school of ministry. And I had, I had enough money to fully pay for one or the other. And I was like, God, I don't know what to do. I want to do both. What should I do? And God said, both. Because I'm more than enough. Do you trust me? I went, okay. So the summer before I started school and ministry, I went to uh, work with Iris Ministry and crazy things happened. That's uh, first wheelchair, quadriplegic out of a wheelchair. Crazy stuff happened. It was amazing. And so now I'm in school and I'm working part-time trying to pay for school, but I got no money and, you know, I'm eating top ramen and the whole thing, you know. And uh, I'm trying to catch up on payments for school, but I'm behind. So the missions trip comes, and the deadlines to pay have gone and passed, and it's now overdue. And Kathy Valentin, Chris Valentin's wife, who administrates the school, she called the, those people out of class one day who were behind on their payments to tell them that they couldn't go on the missions trip to Mexico. All the grace period had run out and all the extra chances. It's like too late. And... Uh, so there's several of us that get pulled out of class, and she's at this, at this table with her computer out, and, and people are lined up kind of against the wall waiting for their turn to come get the bad news. And so I think I was first in line. I was very near the front, if not first. And I come, and I sit down, and I know what's happening, right? And I got no money. She's going to ask me, like, hey, do you miraculously have, like, however many hundreds of dollars it is to catch up on tuition and pay for the mission trip? And I didn't. So I sit down, and she's got her computer, and she's like, you're this many payments behind on school, and you haven't paid anything for the mission trip, and, you know, time's up, so I'm sorry to tell you that you're not going to be able to go on the mission trip, but you know what happened at that moment to me? Not disappointment. I got sucked up into the tree. Now, 
Now listen, it was, it was wild. She's like, you can't go to Mexico. This thing that I've been praying for, dreaming into, and God, God miraculously come with funds and uh, show up and support her something. God, I want to go to Mexico. And she's like, you can't go to Mexico. And the joy of the Lord hit me. Like, kabam hit me, and I start laughing uncontrollably. <laughs> laughing uncontrollably, tears like, oh, my God. this is like amazing. And what happened is I got hit with the reality of, guess what? It doesn't matter if I get to go to Mexico, because I get to go to heaven. That's literally what happened. And I knew, I'm like, I'm going to have years and years to do all this stuff, but it doesn't matter because I get to spend all my time with Jesus. And I'm laughing. Like, it happened instantaneously, and I'm laughing uncontrollably. And at first, she didn't understand what happened. She got kind of mad. She was offended. She's like, you haven't paid your bill. You can't go. And I'm like, ah! But after... After just a moment, she realizes, like, oh, this is a God thing. Like, God's on him. And she just kind of, and I'm, like, tears running. I'm, like, I'm laughing uncontrollably. The love of God. I'm just, like, swaying in my chair. Like, oh, my eye is so amazing. But something broke over the room. Shifted over the room. And I'm, like, okay, thank you, Kathy. And, like, give me hugs. I love you. I'll see you later. I get up and... I get up from the table, not going to Mexico, and I start to walk out in the hall, and this single mom who's in class with us, three kids, single mom, chases me out in the hall. And she says, and she was in line because she doesn't have money to go on the trip. She chases him out in the hall. She says, I don't know what just happened. She said, I had so much fear and disappointment on me standing in that line. But when you started laughing, something broke off of my life. And I don't know what happened. But God is so good. And he, listen, he told me I have to pay to catch up your tuition and your trip. And I'm like, but you don't have money either. And she's like, I, I don't care. God says I have to do this. And she writes me a check right there. And I'm like hammered in the goodness of God. So I just got out in the hallway. She writes me a check. So I walk back in all drunk. And like, I walk back into Cassie. I'm like, hey, here you go. And she's looking at me like, what? Just... Do you know, within, within a week, within a week, Someone from out of state called her and said, hey, I don't know, but God just told me to mail you this check and mailed her a check for double what she gave me. Can we go ahead and get the team back up here? Whoa. Whoa. Whoa! 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 We might just need to release some blessing over some generations and over some children and some children and some children and some more children. <clears throat> Listen, it's all coming. 
It's all coming. Everything that God's talked to you, it's coming. Everything he's promised to you, it's coming. Everything that you've read about in the Bible, it's coming. Listen, it's coming. It's coming, but the key to get there is not to be laser focused on that thing. How do I get there? How do I get there? How do I get there? The key is to be here in the, wow, I can't believe you've already done. I can't believe you already done. I can't believe how good you are. I can't believe that you died for me. I can't believe I get to go to heaven. I can't believe your blood cleanses all my sins. I can't believe how amazing you are. I can't believe you come when I pray. I can't believe you come when I worship. You're the most incredible God ever. I love you so much. I adore you. You're my king. You're the king of kings. You're the Lord of lords. You're the prince of peace, the alpha and the omega, the bright and the morning star. I love you and I adore you. Listen, we're about to start worshiping. John 6 33 says, seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added unto you. <clears throat> last week in worship, and we're going to start right now, last week in worship, we were having an amazing time in worship, but I could tell there was a little bit more fruit to be partaken of. And I, I got up and I said Something along these lines, I'm like, I feel like we're having a great time in worship, but I feel like we're worshiping from the stance of what's about to happen. Yeah. Instead of worshiping out of the place of what's already happened. What's already been done. Come on. Can we just worship Jesus? I want I want to I give an opportunity tonight as we go into this song. And listen, you can dance, you can stand on your chair, you can lay on the floor. I don't, I don't care, but can we worship out of the place of being content? Can we worship not out of the place of what we need, but out of the place of what we have? Not what he's going to do, but what he's already done. Come on, if... Huh. This, is a, this is a contentment altar call. Listen, some people know that they need to step into that. This is your boat moment. This is your boat moment. If you need to step out of the boat into trust, into the like, oh, I need to shift my focus. I just, just step out, step into the aisle, come to the front, do something. But can, can we just let the goodness of his presence, the satisfaction of what he's already done just begin to flow over us as we just worship him? For a few for a few moments tonight, just out of contentment, out of satisfaction, that he's feeding our soul, what he's already done, what he's already done for you, what he's already done for you, who he already is. Come on, let's let's worship Jesus. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com.